LA is vast, vibrant, simultaneously stunning, as well as challenging and confusing. At Together LA, this city is our passion. We know that loving LA well starts with listening, pounding the pavement in search of the individuals invested in the flourishing of Los Angeles. These are the inspiring stories and real life interviews with the men and women who work to bring the gospel to LA in their unique ways. Thanks for joining us as we bring you closer to the heart of LA, one story, one voice, one neighborhood at a time. We are Tommy and Jojo, and this is the Together LA Listening Tour. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Ken Hammonds, Dr. Oscar Owens, Dr. Wilfred Graves. Thank you so much for being on this episode of Together's LA, Together LA's podcast, The Listening Tour. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Good Thank you so welcome, much. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Hey, I want to also welcome my co-host, Johanna. So, Johanna, it's great to be with you again. Thanks, Tommy. Excited for this one. Hey, you know what? I could spend some time reading your bios. And actually, I, I want to be able to do that a little bit for each person and have you guys share a little bit about some things. I look at Here's the one thing. I look at your bio, and I am blown away by your experience your leadership, your education, everything that you guys have done. So as we start, I really want to be able to take a little bit of uh, time just to talk through a little bit about yourself. Uh, Dr. Wilford Graves, I'm going to start with you as well, too. Okay. Undergrad at MIT in mathematics, master's at Stanford in statistics, and master's and PhD at Fuller. You also worked as an aeronautical engineer before going to ministry in West Angeles. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about the transition from engineer to pastor and how you're still applying all your years as an engineer and mathematics and what you're doing ministry now. Sure. That's a great, uh, great question. Uh, well, um, I kind of met, went the mathematics route uh, because I had a natural proclivity toward math and, uh, um, and an aptitude for it. Always enjoyed uh, mathematics. And so when I was in, uh, in, in high school, uh, that was sort of the the natural discipline that I gravitated toward, and God blessed me with a, a full uh, scholarship uh, at MIT, and so uh, so I said, okay, well I'll pursue a career in mathematics. When I finished mm -hmm. MIT, I was accepted into a PhD program in statistics at at Stanford. So I said, okay, well that's that's the direction that God uh, has me going in. But when I when I um, when I finished the uh, master's a degree at Stanford, kind of a tug in my spirit, um, um, uh, uh, you know, just just kind of this draw toward ministry. Grew up in a ministry home. Um, I come to the Lord at a young age, and uh, just God's call on my life was was becoming very strong. And so I began to pray uh, for discernment as to what God's uh, future uh, would look like. Uh, and and uh, um, a professor from Fuller Seminary, who was also a, uh, an alum of Stanford, had been invited by InterVarsity Christian Fellowship to do a, a Bible study. And so I attended and uh, she inspired me. When, when I saw uh, the way she handled the word of God, I said, OK, I can see myself doing that. Uh, and it was just a perfect time uh, in my academic career uh, to make a move. So I prayed about it, uh, applied to Fuller Seminary. 
received a, a full fellowship to their uh, Master of Divinity program and ended up uh, in Southern California. While I was working on the MDiv, uh, I also worked full time for an aerospace defense company. So I applied the math and statistics uh, that I had learned and I, I worked there for maybe uh, five or six. So quite a number of years. Uh, there was a strong Christian community there. Uh, I was also connecting at the time with West Angeles. So uh, God was uh, uh, providing the context for me to use my expertise uh, and to grow in my faith. And uh, uh, these two gentlemen, uh, Dr. Kenneth Hammonds and Dr. Oscar Owens, uh, were on the pastoral staff of Los Angeles. They became my mentors. Uh, they mentored me and, 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 and really were responsible in, uh, in large part with my joining the church and eventually becoming a part of the, the ministry staff. But when I, when I saw the excellence uh, uh, in which the, they, they operated, uh, mm -hmm. Dr. Hammond started the Christian Education Department there at West Angeles. Dr. Owens was the president of the Bible College uh, at the time. I, I felt that I found a home. I said, okay, well, there is a place for me here at West Angeles. And mm -hmm. so in a nutshell, that's kind of uh, my journey uh, to West Angeles. And I owe these two gentlemen uh, a, a great a, 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 a gratitude, a great deal of gratitude um, for for their their mentoring me, their nurturing of me, their support of me through the years. Uh, every milestone that I have achieved, they've been there to on. And uh, and so uh, I, you know, I'm I'm just so thankful to God uh, for the the role that they have played in my life. And now we're colleagues. Praise <laughs> God. What a blessing to have um, such amazing mentors um, to help steward you on your journey. You know, I think that that's something that that's definitely something that I look for. Haven't quite found it yet. So, <laughs> um, but gosh, that's such a that's that's so cool. Dr. Owens, I want to um, I want to switch over to you and um uh, I know you uh, talked about how you became a, a Christian during your first year at UCLA and ended up getting a, your MDiv from Union uh, Theological in New York and then doctorate at Azusa. Um, I really want to hear about this spiritual discipline logging in with God that you talk about um, and, um, and just a little bit more about your journey as well. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm so glad to be with you today. Um, I love spiritual disciplines and the spiritual discipline that, that I use all the time and I've fallen in love with, I call it logging into God, but the ancients called it Lexio Divina, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, praying scripture, uh, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the prayerful reading of scripture and encountering her in God through scripture. And so that's what I did my doctoral writing on, but I love that. But why I call it logging into God is because I think in today's world, uh, where we're so in, 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 you know, over involved with internet information that we need to find a way to log our minds into God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I found Lexio Divina to be a great way of doing that, meditating and praying scripture. Yeah, but I just love that. I love that. And I love these two gentlemen. Uh, Dr. Hammonds uh, brought me on staff at West Angeles 20 plus years ago, 25 plus years ago. Uh, I had gone to um, Union Theological Seminary, did my MDiv there. I was in another denomination at the time, uh, but I had become a charismatic and uh, the Lord led me to West Angeles. 
and I got involved there and met Dr. Hammonds, and he brought me on staff in Christian education over the Bible College. And so it's been a joy. He's been a member. He's been a mentor to me in the Church of God in Christ. And so it's been a great joy. That's awesome. Um, so Dr. Hammonds, we'll, we'll finish with you. And um, I know that um, you and Tommy, before we got on, we're talking about your passion for Greek, which is totally Greek to me, percent You uh, also are at West Angeles. You're the Director of Discipleship and Division Head of Adult Ministries. You are the author of a Greek textbook, mm. Introduction to New Testament Greek Grammar for Word Study. Um, how did your education journey lead you into your passion for Greek? Are you yeah. passionate about it? Or are you just really good at it? <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm really good at it, but I'm passionate about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Wow. Um, I wish you hadn't had me last. The two, guys, the two before me make it difficult for me to talk about uh, me. But I've been in ministry now for uh, 50 years. And I uh, started at the Evangelical College, uh, Cedarville University. And then when I was called to ministry, the first thing I did was they said, what did you do? And take Greek. And I took Greek from a great teacher, Dr. Lawler, who's now home to be with the Lord. But I fell in love with it immediately. Changed my major to pre-seminary Bible. I was a music major. I wanted to be a concert pianist. And uh, so I said, hey, I'm, I'm changing everything from that. So I went on from there, went to seminary, just loved the Greek and all that. And then as I began to go on in ministry, I was a chaplain for a little while, juvenile probation department in Northern California. And uh, man, I just began to fall in love with ministry and I began to form schools. My dad has been in ministry for 75 years. He's now 90, finally 95 years old. I just fell in love with the idea of ministry and uh, being called to West Angeles 30, about 37 years ago by Bishop Blake. I'm just enjoying this journey in the New Testament Greek, uh, have a new approach at doing it so people don't need to memorize all that stuff. Sorry, scholars, I know you hate hearing that. <laughs> but uh, we, we did that and the leadership at West Angeles, I formed about four schools of, of education, school of success, school of leadership, what we call practical Christian living, and the Bible College. So I just ended up just forming schools and developing things and uh, just enjoying this journey uh, so much. And uh, the three of us, how, how we got together as the three Bible teachers, we sit around and talk in the hallways and we sit down and then we said, you know, we should be recording this. <laughs> so we began to get together and do different workshops and things. And, it's a joy for both of these uh, men of God. We enjoy one another so very, very much. And I also do some personal coaching. And so we just enjoy one each, each other so much. And this is great. Thank you for asking us to be a part of this platform. And uh, hopefully we can just, we just have something simple, at least I do. Basically, we just want to take the world to Jesus. But other than that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, where we're just going to be some people who love God and teach the word of God. Got it. Hey, uh, you know, Dr. Owens, I will wonder, yes. I'm not sure if you remember, you were actually one of the, the first 
person, when I randomly walked into the building of West Angeles Church, you were the first one that welcomed me because yes. I was I wanted to meet with you about this conference called Together LA. Yes, yes we're I remember. And I remember. through the friendship, now I got yes. to know Dr. Graves, Dr. Yes. Owen, now Dr. Hammonds. Now yeah, we have former concert pianist, a, a person who did not. <laughs> no, I, want to, I want to be. I want to be. <laughs> I used to play the violin. <laughs> I can play the radio. <laughs> but you know, the premise of Together LA is that in a city like LA uh, or Chicago or New York or whatever it is, no one pastor, no one church, no one entity can do it alone. Mm. A church or pastors have to learn to work with one another. We have mm. to work with different people of different sexes, different culture, different races. Mm. We have to learn to work with nonprofits. We have to learn to work with different marketplace leaders within the city. Yes. How have you guys, I mean, for the three of you guys in different journeys, what have you guys learned from each other through the years? What are the things that you guys have? really helped each other grow in through the last couple of years? Well, let me begin. Uh, that's a great question. Mm. When I first met Dr. Graves, he amazed me, fascinated me because of his mathematical and his science background. And yet he was a man of great faith and great uh, power in the Lord and prayer, et cetera. I, I brought him into, uh, uh, I, I interviewed him for a class that I was teaching on prayer. And uh, so I've learned from him, you know, his enthusiasm for for knowledge, and 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 yet he has such a deep faith in the Lord and in the Word of God and in the power of God. And then Dr. Hammonds uh, is a very creative thinker, uh, and uh, he he expands his mind in many different ways, and and, and he's an idea guy. And uh, those are things that I've, I've learned from, from him and from, from Dr. Graves. What I like, yeah, guys. What I like about uh, both of these gentlemen is, you know, I grew up in the Church of God in Christ. So, you know, but I'm a third generation member of the Church of God in Christ. I grew up in very small uh, churches, 20, 30 people. So when I came to West Angeles, uh, that was just overwhelming. But then I then I then I saw the Church of God in Christ in a new level under the leadership of Bishop Blake and under the operation of men like Dr. Owens and Dr. Hammonds. They just were all about excellence, and uh, and and just to see that level of Christian education done in a church setting just inspired me. Um, in fact, I don't think um, in the early days of my joining West Angeles that I had even thought about doing a PhD uh, mm -hmm. in the, you know, I was working on my Master of Divinity. I thought that may have been the final part, but, but then I saw Dr. Hammonds, uh, you know, who had a doctorate degree. He was an inspiration to me right. uh, and, and, and a model of what could be accomplished. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so both gentlemen, um, just the excellence with which they work, uh, certainly in a Pentecostal setting and in a, in a majority African-American Pentecostal setting is an inspiration to me and to so many others. But, uh, but that I really respect uh, uh, both men uh, for what they have imparted into my life. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you, both of you. Um, 
you know, for me, uh, I will take this on the world and hopefully this is all over the world. Dr. Graves truly is one of the great minds in Christendom right now. Yes. I mean, hands down, literally. <clears throat> I know there's others and I know they've written books and all these other things. Dr. Graves' mind, he is an apologist, but he won't say he is. <laughs> but he is a very strong apologist. He, 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 and I, I would hate anyone who had to get in a debate with him regarding Christianity. He's, he's a great, great mind. So <clears throat> I admired that mind and yet the passion. He is one of the most humble individuals that you'll ever meet. And so I love the logic and all that thing that he brings to me. I'm a little more uh, emotional on the side. So Dr. Graves helped to keep me uh, centered down and keep it a little cool. <clears throat> but uh, Owens, from the minute that I met Dr. Owens, I began to see the passion that he had for ministry. He was a teacher in the LA Unified at the time that I talked to him. And I said, I need a partner to help pull off this Bible college that I started. And I'm going crazy here. I need some help. And so he was there and available. The great, to me, the greatest, one of the greatest assets, I guess great is hard, but Dr. Owens really hooks in with the whole body of Christ. I told him the other day, man, your networking is kind of unbelievable. And the fact that he was there for, for, uh, for uh, Together LA is indicative. He showed me that the body of Christ is wide, which I knew. But he showed me you can actually connect with these people, the people of God, and your mind can expand. So I really thank Dr. Owens for doing this for me and Dr. Graves for expanding my mind. And together, I think we have a little synergy that is probably a bit unique among uh, three men of God. Yes, praise God. Thank you. Amen. This is very encouraging to me to <laughs> hear all of this. Um, thank you all. And, and talking about um, needing each other and um, the way that each one of us brings our uniqueness um, into these relationships and it expands our minds. I think, you know, <laughs> just thinking in terms of systemically and, and 2020 and where we are right now, I mean, this is some major mind-blowing expansion taking place right now. And, um, and, and I would love, um, I mean, it's really proven to be quite a year. And, and, you know, you all have lived through the era of civil rights. Um, I couldn't help but read um, that, but notice Dr. Graves, how your the school you attended in Louisiana was, um, was uh, your mother was one of the first black people to attend that school. Yes. Um, and and so um, you guys have lived through the era of civil rights. I would love to hear your thoughts on what did America get right then? What do we need to do now to continue to move forward? Because we did get some things right then, but clearly a lot not. Um, so I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, whoever wants to start. Well, I grew up in a very civil rights oriented church setting. Um, the pastor that I grew up with was good friends with Dr. Martin Luther King. And I saw a lot of the civil rights leaders growing up. I missed seeing King himself. My wife did, she was at, the, at that church. I think what America got right during the civil rights movement was first, the even though it's controversial for some, the issue of integration. 
the issue of African-Americans being able to be accepted into the society, especially into the educational institutions. And, uh, you know, that had a very important impact upon my life because for the most part, uh, I, I lived in Chicago until I was about second grade. Then my parents came to Los Angeles from third grade on. And when I was in Los Angeles, I was in integrated schools. And so the experience of being around different uh, ethnicities in school um, was enriching for me. But at the same time, it helped me yearn to grow and know more about myself as an African-American. And uh, I did, uh, that was very, very pivotal for me. And even part of the reason why I went to Union Seminary is because of the scholar James Cone mm. and Cornell West were at uh, Union Seminary. They, they helped me to understand myself even better as an African-American Christian. And that was very significant for me. So I think, you know, that movement, those movements uh, leading to understanding of Black, black is beautiful, black power, et cetera. And within the church, the celebration of the contribution of the African-American uh, church world and spirituality to world Christianity, I think was very well, was well done. And, uh, and yeah, I'll stop there. Hmm. Yeah, uh, for me, I think what America got right was the changing of laws. Very mm -hmm. hard to yes. pull that off. <clears throat> it changed laws. And I hate to say however, but I do have to say however. <clears throat> it changed laws. But what we didn't realize, which we know even more now, 50 years later, what we didn't realize, it didn't hit all the hearts. Right. That's right. We changed the laws, but the hearts were still there. They were hiding down. And we know mm -hmm. even if under Obama, they were hiding. And then the next administration, they said, hey, we can put up a sign that says baseball is as, America is as, baseball is as racist, uh, you know, as America. America is racist. Baseball is American. So they felt they could come out. So I think what we're seeing now, if I, I hate to be too presumptuous, but what we're seeing now is that a lot of people are saying, I feel a heart change about this. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think my heart needs to participate in this area. <clears throat> I need to not just be uh, in the laws, but you, yourself, Johanna, you said, I'm going to go down and be a part of that process. We, we hadn't seen people that my heart is hurt. That's what I think is happening in this thing. So America got it right in changing the laws. And now we have to change some more laws, which are going to be a bit more difficult because we finally have hit the full root of the problem. Mm -hmm. Those in power do not want to give it up. They don't want to give it up. And we see now that those who have great power are using it incorrectly, using it incorrectly to go down and disperse a crowd who is peaceful because you want to do a photo op. Give me a break. So, so we see now that we've got to work on the heart, which is why I like ministry, because that's where we can tell people about Jesus. Sorry, long enough. No, I love it. And I'll just uh, I'll just add, and and really, uh, uh, what I have to say is consistent with what has already been said. Uh, what we got right was sort of the respect for pluralism, 
and yeah. multiculturalism, yeah. right? Uh, uh, you know, diversity is is a good thing because it's a very diverse world uh, in which we live. But what we didn't get right was the fact that we left out the repentance. Yes, mm -hmm. I like that. Yes. So you know, saying you can tip your hat to the different uh, uh, expressions of diversity, but if the heart doesn't change, as Dr. Hammonds uh, has said, uh, then there's still a fundamental problem. Yes. And, and, and so, you know what I'm saying, uh, the, the, the country has never really apologized yes. and repented for Ooh. the racism. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it, it's, the, it's the greatest evil in our world today, but yes. it never has been fully repented of. Yes. And, and so that's the problem. And, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful uh, that in the current climate where, you know, just the, the world now has <laughs> gotten yes. behind the cause, yes. and that may, maybe that'll push us collectively uh, toward a heart change, toward yeah. repentance. That's yes. good. Thank you, Doc. Mm -hmm. You know, I love um, what all of you are saying. And, and I have to say, as somebody, you know, I, I grew up in the South as well in a very in a bubble, you know, and a, a white Christian bubble. And, um, and when my heart really got broken for justice issue related issues, I was still so blind to the sin of racism. And I, I mean, I remember, you know, even moving out of that, moving out of my small town in Tennessee, moving up to DC, doing uh, justice work and thinking, that I was, you know, I was good, you know, and, but I really still only cared about issues that related to me as a white woman. So I cared about issues of, you know, sexual molestation or domestic violence or, you know, things that I had personally experienced. And I thought all of the other stuff is not, and by me just doing that means that I'm not racist, you know, <laughs> and it has just been such a, learning and, and really it was when I started getting into criminal justice reform just two years ago mm. that God began to dismantle mm. all of that in me and show me how okay you've done good work but you've done work that is only like you centered <laughs> you know the work you're doing is centered around you Johanna and um and when I started going into the prisons and um I mean, it's just been, it's been very humbling. <laughs> and, and that has been the word that has been coming to me a lot is I need to repent. I need to repent. I need to repent. I need to repent. I need to repent of this. And, um, and that is the posture that I've, I've been taking. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully more of us <laughs> are continuing like, like we're seeing, you know, that this rooting, it's a rooting out. Yes. Um, of this sin, you know, it's a yes. purging of it. Is yes. what I feel like I'm being purged. Hallelujah. That's a long and, way to go. Wow. And and I don't think it's necessary um, to take up every cause. Right. You know, right. I, I don't think that's what people are demanding. It's just though become aware and educated as into the real world as what's actually happening. Um, don't be naive. Uh, I think it's what the uh, uh, African Americans and other minorities are crying out. Racism has not disappeared. Uh, you know, then there's a there's a completely different set of rules by which we operate than the rest of the uh, country is operating. And and 
we're just crying, uh, saying, crying out that people will become aware of that. Um, you know, just because I have four degrees doesn't mean that I haven't experienced racism or, you know, people, well, look, you know, you're, you're successful. There's no racism or something like that. But yeah, but I had to work two or three times as hard as someone else with similar circumstances may have uh, had to work uh, because of a undercurrent of, of, of racism or, or whatever. Uh, and so it's, it's just important that, that we open our eyes to what's actually happening in the world, I think. And, and like you said, you, you're not going to be able to take up every cause, right? But like you said, but but by your working in the prison, right? Well, well, you you kind of see uh, the kinds of factors that led people to end up in that situation, right? And if more people would just do those kinds of things, not just have a black friend, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that you interact with and go to the movies, but you know, find out what's going on in that world in those communities, uh, then I think it gives a, a a greater appreciation for the types of things that face. And Johanna, I think what's really interesting is continued discussions like this. For example, you know, one of the things that I want to, and I talk with my European descended friends, so-called white friends, is that if you believe that all human beings are created in the image of God, and if in Christ we are one, then where does the fear of African descended people come from? Where does the sense that they are somehow less than European descendant people are? Where come, Where does white privilege and white supremacy come from? And then in your own minds, how do you attack that and repent of it? You, you understand what I'm saying? I think that that's a bigger and deeper question that's very interesting uh, how that whole system of thought continues. Mm -hmm. well, I, I think you get a view of a person, black, doesn't matter, poor, you get a view of them, and I'll tell you how you do it. You find some Bible verses to assist you in your view, and you make that theological. So if you needed something to curse black people, you said, Hell, yay, we found the scripture. <laughs> so you grab that scripture and you then go for it. And so even as a preacher of the gospel, you believe that some people, poor people as they are, so sorry for them, but they aren't at God's highest level of intelligence or whatever. So when you have Christianity in full support of these things, it makes it very scary to go any further. We know that that is one of the major groups that is anti-black uh, is a quote-unquote Christian-based group. So when you get the Bible and you get God and you do what I heard a young lady say on the air one time in one of the talk shows and somebody was talking about Jesus and she said, well, Jesus was a white man. So when you have people who honestly believe these things, it's pretty hard to fight against it. So ignorance too. What do you say to people? Um, because you know, as I'm posting about my journey online, and I'm sharing resources, and um, and I know that there are people whose minds, you know, sadly, like you said, they're just not going to change. You know, um, no. but there are people out there, I think, like me, yeah, um, who. And we're seeing that taking place with the protests. Yeah. We are waking up, you know, yes. and um, 
and those minds can change. But what I'm getting a lot of is God doesn't see color. How do you respond to that? God doesn't see color. So all lives matter. God doesn't see color. Yeah, but the, the white races certainly saw color uh, when they brought us over on slave ships. Right. That, it's, it's convenient to say it now, right? If I steal, let's say I steal all your money and don't give it back and I say, okay, well, let's just forget about that. The playing field is now equal. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening today. It's a, right. uh, it's a, it's a willful uh, ignorance and denial of a historical trajectory. Right. Uh, and, and so, you know, uh, color isn't an issue because African-Americans made it an issue. You say uh, color is an issue because someone else made right. it an issue. Right. And so if they made it an issue, then it's their problem that uh, they need to address. Yeah. And, and color is not an issue with God. It's not an issue with him. And he recognizes different colors. I mean, we are who we are. And it's not a color thing anyway, I think, to some extent. It's not brown or black, although we know that psychological studies that show black for Europeans is a real kind of negative for humans. But I don't think God is concerned that there's certain colors. So I think God sees the color and he glorifies in the color. And I think he kind of does it a little bit, a little bit like it's done in the African-American community. You know, where we have lighter skin, we have darker skin, we have really dark, we have brown, and we just embrace, we enjoy, we enjoy the cultural experience, we have a great time, and just love one another. So I think you can see color, and yet it doesn't become an issue. Thank you, Dr. Brady, that's a phrase. It doesn't become a problem. It's just part of the way it is. Now, when you see a person's eyes, the fact they have blue eyes and also wrong with blue-eyed people, you know, just that that's a difference in God's view of humanity. And and that same group that you that you're talking about, uh, Joanna, um, if if we were to make a movie uh, about Jesus and we we picked a really dark-skinned African American to play Jesus, uh, they'd be the first ones to balk at that. Uh, you know, in, in all of their color blindness. Yes, uh, they'd be the first ones to Yeah, you know, the question really is what does that statement mean? Thank yeah. you. God is the creator of human beings and created human beings so that this diversity of melanin has happened. Yeah. So some people have more melanin and some people have less melanin depending on where those peoples evolved. I don't mean by evolve, evolve. Right. But I mean, where they occurred on Earth, needing less or more mel melanin. Right. And so, you know, so of course God sees that. Yeah. <laughs> but according to uh, status and place in society and privilege and disprivilege, no, God doesn't see that. Especially God has changed that in Christ. Hallelujah. Acts mm -hmm. of one family, one blood, God has made all human beings. The story of the Bible is that all human beings have two parents, Adam and Eve. <laughs> the story of the Bible is, is that we are all made in God's image. So the Bible itself speaks against the idea of putting one person up and one person down, especially once we come to Jesus Christ, for we all in him become one people. And yet we, can, we continue in our diversities. 
of language and ethnicity and history and, and skin color, et cetera, et cetera, to be celebrated, to be embraced, and to be overcome by the grace and power of God. Amen. That's so powerful. Amen. Love it. I can't wait to share this on my Facebook page. <laughs> um, all right, just a couple more questions and then I know we got to wrap up. Um, what, what is your great hope for the end of this year, for the end of 2020? <laughs> One that we all live, <laughs> for the world. For the world or, or whatever. <laughs> for you, for you personally, um, for Los Angeles, um, your family. Well, the political uh, I'll start off on this. <laughs> whatever, however you want to take it. I'll start off on this. Uh, <clears throat> uh, this is, uh, as I said, my 50 years of ministry, and whatnot. I have decided that this year <clears throat> I would re-engineer myself. And it would be a major re-engineering. Matter of fact, the reason I brought back the beard was so that every time I look in the mirror, I know that I have re-engineered myself. I have up my uh, things that I put up on YouTube. I've up my writing. I've looked back at my 50 years of work. And I've said, I've got to get at the, at the grave where I have my Greek course out and going. Uh, my great cause for the world is that I've heightened my intercession. The three Bible teachers, you know, we do a session each Thursday evening, and I'm on to do intercession. I can give a hint as to what I came to. My thing was, even though my intercession starts with praising God and ends with a benediction, I don't stop there. I don't say, oh, my intercession is over, prayer time's over, that I believe incipient in intercession after that is action you do intercession then you do action if you feel oh youth today whatnot you'll find that as you pray for youth you're going to get into action helping youth if it's homelessness or whatever it is so for me particularly now my intersection has come to action that's why i've joined some groups i'm you know sending uh, uh signing petitions i was not that kind of action person so now for me, it's a year of action. Well, for me personally, I'm also doing certain kinds of re-engineering of myself. Uh, my goal is to get my writing out. My goal is to help motivate people like we're, we're doing our spiritual um, formation, healthy habits, Christian habits uh, um, sessions. I really want to motivate people to meditate on scripture and pray scripture and encounter the mm -hmm. Lord scripture and other spiritual disciplines because I believe they're really helpful for helping Christians be healthy and strong in their faith uh, in this time where there are a lot of distractions in our lives. And so we have to learn how to connect with God and through the power of the Holy Spirit through spiritual disciplines. So I'm, I'm, I'm on that. And then also for Los Angeles, in light of what's going on now, I hope that this is truly a watershed moment. I hope that different ethnicities will finally really come to the point that we're seeing in the streets. I've never seen before all these different ethnicities, the, uh, the, the younger people who are gathering together to work together. I'm, I'm hoping that this will truly be a watershed mo moment where we do uh, 
stop and change the kind of uh, 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 overreach of the police force that has been. And, and also that white and black people, red and green people, yellow people, really sit down and deal with the issues of race and ethnicity and in the Christian context to liberate ourselves from the lies and come into the truth of who we all are in Christ Jesus and work for those ends. For me, I've written a book entitled In Pursuit of Wholeness and God's Salvation for the Total Person. So really what I'm about is helping people to experience wholeness and life transformation through the power of the gospel. Uh, and so as, as a teacher, I'm one who communicates uh, truth. Uh, and so, so uh, in, in everything I'm doing, I'm trying to, to communicate the, the truth of God's word. Um, help, first of all, helping people to understand it. Secondly, to, to apply it to everyday life. So uh, the reason why the, the three of us uh, are together, wait for your own to stop. The, 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 the reason why the three of us have joined uh, together is to communicate God's truth in an effective, uh, passionate, clear uh, way. Uh, and, and, and then that has implications for the, the, the individual person, for society, uh, right? If, if, if God's uh, word and truth gets in the life of an individual, then it's going to lead that, that person down a life of improvement and wholeness and peace. Uh, if, if the truth of God's word grabs a hold of people in society, well, it does the same thing, yes. right? So, um, you know, uh, repentance, uh, the practice of repentance can be a spiritual discipline. Uh, confession can be a spiritual discipline. Meditating on God's word. Uh, so if, if we do these things, and Christ really will become formed in us. And so the three of us really are about Christian formation. Yes. Uh, and, and so that has implications not only for the individual, but for society. As a historian, I'm a church historian. That's what my PhD is in, church history. You could look at the history of the United States in terms of the revival movement that uh, happened. Uh, so the, the first and second great awakenings. Yes. Um, even the Pentecostal movement in the 20th century and other uh, revival movements. Um, well, one thing that was uh, important about those movements is that people that were involved felt that God changed the hearts of individuals and society should be changed as well. So Charles Finney in the Second Great Awakening opened up Oberlin College to the education of women and African-Americans. This was before the Civil War. Yes. Right. Uh, and, and, and so if, if God really changes hearts in this country, then it's going to have implications for uh, the society. Yes. And so uh, my, my, my passion is to help to foster and facilitate the change of hearts of individuals, which, uh, which you know, has the implication of the larger society. Yeah. I'm hopeful that, um, that what we're experiencing right now is a, um, is a great awakening. Yes. Yeah. And yes. We can only hope and pray that the church gets on the train. <laughs> Amen. It, it almost sure. seems as though God is is just like you know what if the church isn't going to do it, I'm just going to do it without him. Amen. So let's hope the church gets 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 on gets on the train. Um, because hey, it's. God. 
<laughs> no, no, there is the church, the universal right. church. Right. And then there are churches. And I think we must always be aware of those two dynamics. Right. There are, there are varieties of churches that are doing varieties of things. Yeah better for the kingdom of God, less for the kingdom of God, then there's a universal church. And I think what you're saying is pointing us to the universal church, mm -hmm. you know, and all of our abilities to join together in Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit to help make changes according to God's will for people mm -hmm. as we help people come to know Jesus Christ, yeah. right, Lord and Savior. And I think what discourages what discourages people is that they see organizations yes. not doing things. Yes. But think about it, any organization, any human organization just consists of people. That's right. And people are, are sinful. That's right. People are sinful. People are selfish. Uh, people want to seize power. Yes. And so, you know, individual churches are no different and denominations and groups of people. Any group of people is no different than that. But the Church of Jesus Christ which like uh, Dr. Owens is saying, the body of Christ body. has a different agenda. And it's time for now the body of Christ to rise up and, yes. and, uh, and uplift even, Christ. Even more specifically, the white evangelical church, you know, it's, it's we can get specific there. <laughs> it's so interesting that the church can live in fear mm -hmm. that those in these churches of small seas can live in fear they're afraid of losing the financial base. They're afraid of losing whatever political base they think is important. Uh, I, I just, it's so sad. Uh, you know, as I said, I went to white evangelical schools. I love the theology. Uh, I love the togetherness, although one school did put up a sign on their doors that send the blacks back to Africa. But uh, other than that, uh, it, it was a great experience from the teachers. This is a student. It's from the teacher. So I don't understand where this fear comes from because God has not given us that spirit of fear of, of change, fear of yes. the world. Yes. Uh, it's pretty sad if you have to base your whole thing on fear. Yeah. Last question. Um, how do people find you? Tell us how to people and we'll and we'll be sure to link. Um, as the podcast launches, we'll be sure to link to all of your individual websites. But um, how do people find three Bible teachers, and okay. um, and how can we be a part of what you're doing? Okay, well, I'll start, and then you, you uh, take it all. You got I'll it. Take that one all. Okay. <laughs> well, we we formed a a website uh, really just to make it easy uh, for people to connect uh, uh, with our thinking. Um, and that website's address is www.3bibleteachers.com. And then three is spelled out. So threebibleteachers.com. And on that website, there's a blog uh, that people can actually sign up for. But the blog, each blog post mm -hmm. corresponds to an individual class session uh, that we have done or that we plan uh, on doing. So Dr. Hammonds will be talking uh, about uh, a particular spiritual discipline on this Thursday. There will be a blog post that corresponds uh, to that discipline. Now, my personal my personal uh, ministry website is just my name. So www.wilfredgraves.org. Uh, so Wilfred Graves Ministries is a 501c3 uh, nonprofit uh, organization um, dedicated to uh, to teaching uh, and to evangelistic outreach as well. All right. 
my personal website is oscarowensjr.com, O-S-C-A-R-O-W-E-N-S-J-R.com, and you can find information there about login with God and all the things that I do. And uh, I wanted to say, I want everyone to come to our uh, threebibleteachers.com, whoever you are, whatever your ethnicities, your your place in the Christian tradition, whatever tradition you come from, whoever you are in this society, we want to invite you to come with us and sit and learn about the various Christian disciplines, the healthy habits of the healthy Christian life. Yeah, um, mine is uh, Ken Hammonds, and Hammonds is uh, H-A-M-M-O-N-D-S, I'm more than enough, dot com. Dot <laughs> <laughs> com. Uh, that'll take you to all the things that I'm doing in a book that I've written on, on for Christian entrepreneurs called God Wants You to Be Wealthy, How to Release the Wealth Building Within, and also regarding a book that I written regarding a new testament greek but uh come and i do coaching and all this kind of thing too but uh i think that uh, you'll find that one of the good things about <laughs> three bible teachers uh dot com is that you can see in case you wonder what are those guys like you can see mm -hmm. other sessions that we have done i don't know how many have we done now dr grace i think we've done like nine nine of them i believe yeah, yeah. you'll see it's quality we have You'll see the format deals with one individual coming, and then three of us, excuse me, three of us get together, and then we have open discussion. I think you'll find it very, very illuminating for your mind. And I agree with Dr. Owens. Anyone will appreciate this very much. That's awesome. Well, hopefully, we've given our listeners a little bit of a taste of what they can experience um, at. 3BibleTeachers.com. <laughs> it's just not us lecturing. It's very interactive. Yeah. yeah, no, well, I mean, this has been, this has been amazing. So we're very grateful to have you on. Tommy is so sorry about all of the shooting <laughs> with him. I don't know what happened there, but um, we're very grateful to each of you for joining us today. Thank you for taking the time out and, um, and look forward to seeing what is, going to happen in the next few months. Thank you, Johanna, for being a wonderful host. We appreciate it very, very much. And thank you for your questions. Thank we we missed Tommy, but we loved you. You were great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, guys. I look forward to talking to you all soon. God bless. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Together LA Listening Tour. To stay connected, make sure you subscribe to the Together LA channel, rate and review this episode, and make sure to share on your social media platforms. We would love for you to follow along with Together LA on Instagram, Facebook, and our website at www.togetherla.net. See you next time.